was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to make movies, but I knew no one was going to give me that. So I started putting away $1 every week of my life. If I missed a week, I made it up later from age 10 on. And now, you're looking at enough to get us started, $2,184. But movies cost millions of dollars to make. That's after gross net deduction, profit percentage deferment, 10% of the nut cash. Every movie costs $2,184. So there you have it, guys. Now you know how much uh, every movie costs. Yep. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Movies and Chip podcast. Or if it's your first time tuning in, uh, shame on you. Yeah, but, that is a possibility. Um, we're we're it's entirely we're, ha- possible. we're happy to have you. Oh, but shit, I just said what have enti- you been it's doing? Entirely possible. That's a Joe Rogan thing. <laughs> Stop me. We can't. Yeah, we can't copy that. Nope, this is. Yep. We got to be professional. Oh, um, well, I am Patrick, and I am joined by Kelly. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Kelly? Uh, drinking some tea. Having oh, some tea. Solid. Earl 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 Grey. Tea Earl Grey hot. hot. Yeah. The the only way in, in the cups too. The only way to drink you know it, these man. are the cups. <laughs> That's the only way to drink it. <laughs> these are the cups. You know this is our uh, our Empire Strikes Back podcast, I guess or so. or our Attack of the Clones podcast, depending on whether you count. You've lost me already. Already <laughs> on release totally date. Out. <laughs> or, yeah, but we don't just talk about uh, Star Wars. We only sometimes talk about Star Wars. That's true. Yeah. Um. But uh, we should talk about Star Wars because. <laughs> <laughs> they just dropped uh, the latest oh. uh, trailer was for it episode so nine. Exciting for you! It was very, very exciting. I'm really I, into it. Yeah. I'm on the record, not just on this podcast, but anybody who knows me, and Kelly's one of them, knows that I'm generally against just continuing stories endlessly. Yeah. Um, however, I will say that I don't think any of the new Star Wars movies have been bad movies. Sure. You know, I think they yeah. like when you go back and look at the prequels, as much as I love Star Wars, I think those are objectively there's a lot of things wrong with those movies. Right. Um, but these I you know, whether they made choices I like or not, not gonna get into it. I think they're well made movies and the trailers have all gotten me excited, even with my terror issues. That they might screw <laughs> screw up, um, not to be too dramatic, but screw up something that I love. Um, I still think episode seven when Han steps in and says, it's true, you know, or they're real, the Jedi, yep. the Force, it's real, you know, and that music swells up, yep. that John Williams music, um, I think that's probably my it's favorite moment. moment. It's a moment. And that's why that trailer probably got me the most hype. But this one was very exciting, and that cackle by Emperor Palpatine at the end, I don't know what to make of it, but uh, I, well, was, I was definitely so, excited. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert at any of this. I love Star Wars. I try to oh, follow don't it. Don't sell yourself. You're, you're a little bit, I think, more into it than I am. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're fans. Did you watch any of the Star Wars Celebration that they announced this at? No. So, no, uh, I did not. So I was actually driving for a, a buddy's company that day. So I was kind of on the... It was a you didn't terrible watch time. YouTube in the car? While you're uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was weaving in and out of, out of traffic. I mean, I do. I don't. No, I did those stop and I definitely delayed my, my routes. Uh, I watched the trailer <laughs> through the two car? times. <laughs> yeah, while I was parked. I just dropped something off and it was sure. actually our friend Jay who texted cool. me. And he was yeah. like, bro, I don't know what to make of this. And yeah. he didn't say anything specific and somehow I knew mm-hmm. it was the Star Wars. He only he's going to text me about NBA basketball or movies. Or Star Wars, yeah. And yeah, and I was just like, I know this is Star Wars, so um, I checked it out and got excited, and then had to keep driving. Didn't get to really get into it. Or well, anything. I lucked out because I didn't know the Star Wars celebration was happening in Chicago, uh, and um, it's a big event, multi day event, all kinds of panels and stuff. But the opening right. panel, the big one where they 
released this trailer and they had JJ and Kathleen Kennedy and most of the cast of episode nine right there. Um, I just happened to be waking up in Vegas in my hotel room, not doing anything. And I got a bunch of things on my phone that were like starts in two minutes, you know? And I was yeah. like, Oh shit. Yeah. And so I put it on the TV and it was uh, really cool to see all that. But I guess the point is at the end, <clears throat> after they ran the trailer, Ian McDermott, who yeah. Yeah. plays, I did uh, hear about Senator em- Emperor Al- Palpatine. He just came out and everybody's like, oh my God. And he just said, roll it again. And, and then they ran it <laughs> yeah. again and it was just yeah. perfect. And this is me not being an expert, but I did not realize that he was the one in the makeup in Jedi. Like, yes. He, yes. He's played this character so throughout. He's a, he's a young, much younger actor playing Crazy, old there. And then right? by the time the prequels come around, he's I just more didn't know that. the so right age. I wrote down, see, he was 39 in Jedi. Right. Playing right. like like 150 well, year old. Yeah. I guess he wasn't the right age yeah. in prequels because, yeah, he's who knows? He could be thousands. Then he was 55 during Phantom Menace filming. He was 58, Attack of the Clones, 61, Revenge of the Sith. And now he's 75 playing. Right. Right. We'll see. We don't know. I mean, he's yeah. playing himself, I'm sure. But Or will he be a space he, ghost the way that we've seen so many Jedi? Yeah. yeah. Could he just be moving around? I mean, you remember there's, a, there's right. a line in the original Star Wars where Obi-Wan says, if you strike me down, right. I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine to Vader. Yeah. And then obviously he can move through the Force and sure. appear anywhere and all this stuff. And we've never really seen that with the dark side. But, right. uh, but it could happen. Well, he fell down a tube. Nine. <laughs> yeah, he got thrown, which happens a lot in Star but, Wars. Like, People are always Luke getting thrown or falling down Luke, Luke really deep down. tubes. Yeah, but there was an energy <laughs> surge afterwards, and and then the Death Star exploded. So we certainly presume that his physical body was destroyed. Know. But like your other Very favorite powerful. series, Lord of the Rings, a lot of times the body can be destroyed and the spirit lives on and right. endures, right. Um, as uh, Gandalf told us. So either way, you've broken the sacred rule of Vegas and you told us what happened there, Kelly. Uh, you watched the Star Wars thing. and I also won a bunch on the Thunderball Hell slot, yeah. which is just good in our, in our James Bond fandom to yeah. win money on a James Bond slot. The Thunderball slot, um, correct? It's hard to win on. On, but when you win, it's got some really good bonuses, and I won like nine hundred bucks in one That's bonus, awesome. real quick. Yeah. Get out there and gamble, everybody! Yeah, exactly. This get is- out there and gamble <laughs> on your money. You almost always win. Uh, uh, literally, I always win. I've is never the, not won. I don't think there is any other big, big, uh, <laughs> big. Your odds are like ninety nine to one. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are any other is any other big James Bond news this week. We talked about Bond last podcast and right. kind of the people in the running, but um, still kind of anxiously awaiting to see what happens there. But Star Wars has been more than enough to uh, to yeah. get us excited this week. So very good trailer altogether. Obviously, yeah, really enjoyed sure it. Everybody's seen it. Check it out if you haven't. Um, which uh, brings me to my first question. Yes. We talked about this off podcast about movie trailers and great movie trailers. There are some terrible movie trailers. I really think they've got movie trailers down to a kind of a, if not an art, at least um, kind formula. Of, yeah, formula yeah. now, a craft. It kind of, you get sort of that first act swell and you get the music rolling in and then you have a little lull again where you get another maybe character moment or a couple lines and right. the music comes back in and you, you've they've kind of got it down to a, a complete structure i think you're right yeah. but um i was just wondering there are some bad trailers though sometimes. there are some terrible like the, trailers. Like the, the, sorry not to get sidetracked but the only one that i've thought that about in a really long time is the hobbs and shaw trailer the, <laughs> the i mean what can we expect with this right. franchise but those movies right. are still really fun and yeah, i believe sure. that dwayne johnson and the people involved in those movies generally have a good head on their shoulders about what is going to 
not be stupid. And if it is going to be stupid, they're going to really run into that stupidity with, you know, an open mind and, and with the ability to have us kind of like it. Right. Um, but the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw, which I've seen so many times in the theater already is so God awful. <laughs> and the, the worst, it's to- so poorly edited. And then it, it does that thing that all trailers do, which it it has a lot of that really hard percussive, you know, right. fake drum beats that are trying to get you into the the cuts of the clips, and right, it's right. so distracting and terrible. <laughs> Um, but you know, we're getting really off book now, but do you yeah. remember, so we used to both work at, at Sony studios doing tours and we would run trailers before our tour video oh, yeah. after our tour video. Do you remember that back down memory lane? There, there was one, I don't remember which one this is. So it'll be interesting to see if you remember, but right. there was one where the sound edit was so poor that it actually didn't matter. We realized, cause we had to watch these trailers. We'd sit in there with uh. them waiting and we would watch and watch and watch. We'd watch them a hundred times. And you and I were talking about it even um, Tyler was talking about you were just like I can't believe they didn't get that I wonder what it was right. I know and I have no idea this is going back eight nine years but I just remember being well, like man they must have rushed that well, one what, out what was off about it the lips weren't matching yeah it was like, like it was like a scenes? very obvious like oh the sound doesn't match the image here and they left it in but specifically with like people talking I, I think with dialogue right. okay i think that was right well what's yeah. very common in trailer editing is that they have they're cramming such specific lines of dialogue into very specific holes that i think they um a lot of times just they just let the the end of a clip happen or the beginning of a clip happen and they let kind of dialogue overlap it even if that's not lazy what, what you know what the person is saying in that moment and i think that's common in editing but that's the whole point of of editing dialogue is that yeah. you really have to make it at least look okay right. through the coverage that you right. have and if it's obvious uh then yeah, that's but you got to do it on a budget of two thousand one hundred and some dollars. So <laughs> exactly. I, you know, we understand. We're practical. We're learning a lot. Today. We understand <laughs> the great Bowfinger, the unparalleled. How much of that two thousand one hundred eighty-four dollars is the trailer? Money. Ooh, <laughs> like two, maybe one. <laughs> I don't like know if it's even a, a dollar. Quarter. Yeah, yeah, we might be in the cents, pennies, the right. cents part. That's about um, right. <laughs> but the question is, can you name? I don't know if we had a top number, but are there any trailers that stand out to you as just the you know the greatest trailers you've ever seen? And trailers are kind of their own art. And do you remember any trailers that really stand out to you still today? Yeah, that this got is you a, not just excited to see the movie, but you were like, "That is a great trailer." Dude, we could do a whole podcast on this because Let's we didn't we didn't talk about this in advance. But right. it, I mean, that, that's something I'd really love to go back to look at because uh, I'm sure plenty of people have done that. But the the stuff that stands out for me was so in 99 when uh, Phantom Menace came out that right. was the first trailer that Apple had on their uh, trailers yeah, platform because yeah. they had the QuickTime codec and it was very high quality and so in terms of playback of video on a computer we still didn't have much of that in right. 99 right and so Apple kind of developed it and went oh let's make a trailers website and we're going to take all the trailers from the movie studios and we're going to encode them with our QuickTime codec and we're going to make them beautiful and play right. back smoothly right. on a computer. I remember discovering this myself. And that later. opened up, the point is, yeah, from 99 up through probably like at least 2006, maybe 2010. I, I was religious about 
watching lots of trailers and downloading them. I have, I still have a whole wow. hard drive full of trailers. Yeah. So I might go back and look at that. But um, one that stands out, oddly enough, is um, Mission Impossible 3, the JJ yeah, one. Hell yeah. Had an amazing trailer. Oh my God. Philip Seymour I Hoffman. I watched it so many times because so, of his overlay of dialogue, threatening dialogue, and the sound design of it, and the drone. You. Right yeah. in front of her. In, in front of her. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's you get a, you get a kind of horrific. Girlfriend. Oh yeah, no, it's so terrifying. Terrible. You're just looking at Philip Seymour Hoffman, and you're like, "This guy is scaring the shit out of me." Like, I, I, I mean, movie, I've seen Along Came Polly. Yeah. And I've seen, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like he's done some amazing work, but I'd never pictured him as just a brutal, yeah. terrifying villain. And it's really just playing off of one scene of his dialogue, mm-hmm. threatening yeah. to murder this guy, whoever oh this guy cares God, he about. Nailed it. And then looking at Tom Cruise's angry, angry face, and then he kicks some shit over like a box. A box over, and then it's just and action then, scene, action scene, action scene, and running then it's drone. The, the strike getting, of the match and the oh yeah, the music comes in. That was a fantastic trailer, and it's funny you bring that one up. That is actually on my list as well. Oh really? Yeah. So I wasn't going to put it in like my top five, but it was one of my honorable mentions. I've also got episode one listed i don't know uh, yeah i would agree with that just i don't know that the trailer yeah is so incredible as mm-hmm. much as I, I still look back on that and i'm like as much as that movie didn't necessarily end up being what i wanted it to be right. i don't think there's ever been a more fun time anticipating a movie I exactly mean, there, there's never been a time where so many people and so many fans were just we can't wait for this this is going to be the most amazing thing ever it doesn't really matter matter whether it was or not like that experience and when darth maul sparks the double lightsaber i mean you literally heard oohs and ahs you know throughout the theater it was just to see the star wars world again i think people were just completely they didn't know what to do with themselves but but you do look back at that trailer and there's a lot of slow beats in that trailer it wasn't it wasn't a fast-paced trailer it's very slow right you know the things crawling over the green you know hillsides and just like okay yeah, um, but it looks like a screensaver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by today's standards. Exactly. But anyways, yeah, that's that's a great question. We'll come back to more trailers. Well, speaking of trailers, did you? So I didn't even know this existed until I saw the trailer the other day. But Brightburn, have you seen that trailer? Yeah, and I'm very curious. It's uh, uh, you know we've never really explored. Hey, what if a superhero came down and then he well, ended up being in this case specifically Superman? It's just yeah, a complete yeah, it really Superman is. Story. It's, it's a total spin on Superman. Crazy. But what if Superman wasn't necessarily good and yeah. ended up having super attitude problems as an adolescent and wanted to kill everybody? So this is superhero horror that we're getting right. into. As much as I didn't love those movies, Batman versus Superman and stuff got into the idea of this. Even though Superman was not a threat, the whole purpose of batman you know needing to eliminate him is just like we can't give someone absolute power you know it'll it'll always end poorly it'll always end badly um so we've touched on the idea but never played it out like this it really is a scary trailer i'm gonna watch it yeah yeah check it out check it out it looks Um, scary also the joker trailer dropped this week yeah another another you know, another fantastic trailer that I, it's a movie I did not ask for. I, I don't know why there's a standalone Joker film, but then I watched the trailer and I'm like, man, I mean, this really looks pretty incredible. Very interesting. From the trailer. Yeah. I, again, I don't know necessarily whether I want this movie, but you, right. I can't deny when I watch that, I'm like, holy, holy it, it, shit. It's tough with the Batman universe because to me, the Batman kind of universe and the potential for Batman films is so much more kind of like important to me than, uh, than like the Marvel shit or the superhero right. stuff. Right. I just kind of don't, I don't have any emotional connection to any of that. But when you start to 
kind of fragment the Batman world the way that they are, like with the couple movies with Affleck, and now he's not coming right. back. We don't right. know what the next thing is going to be. Um, and then you start spinning it off like this. I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it's like I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but we're, whatever. We're going to digress a little bit because that's what we do. But um, I, uh, you mentioned the Marvel stuff. I, my theory is kind of that the reason the DC stuff has not really worked in terms of merging everything, and and maybe they're doing the exact opposite, and they're like, what if we just do standalones down to the point where we even separate characters? Yeah. I don't know if that's a good plan or not, but I feel like the main reason that didn't really work with DC is – Outside of Spider-Man, who wasn't even really introduced in that first phase of Marvel, I don't think the common moviegoer, not big comic fans, but the common moviegoer really knew much about those Marvel characters. I mean, we knew them, but it wasn't like it wasn't like you always everybody was talking about Thor in their day to day or yeah. or Iron Man. You know, we knew about Hulk, but maybe just from the TV show in the seventies and kind of the myth, not so much the mm-hmm. the mythology, not so much the stories. Whereas we're so familiar with Superman, we're so familiar with Batman. That's so true. You know, we already know them and have preconceived notions. And the hardest thing to do is when you have a preconceived notion in your head is to satisfy everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. people come in, even if it's good, they're like, well, that's not what I wanted. I mean, we're talking about this with Star Wars, with everything. And sometimes I just feel like it's hard to get a tone right if different characters have different tones and you know them. But if there's a bunch of characters you don't really know what the tone is to each story and then you throw them all together... I feel like it was it was to Marvel's benefit that we were not as familiar with those characters. Yeah. So let's wait. Just my personal theory. Oh, for this plane. Crashing this plane. <laughs> Crashing this plane. Fear comes later, Doctor. Did, what was it that they sh- they showed the fir- they showed the opening scene of that movie before another movie? We must have been together because I think it was probably The Hobbit. It was during the Hobbit IMAX run. I think they were showing all the, they were doing. Which, which? Uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, oh right, right, right. But I think that opening scene with the plane, yes. they showed in its entirety in IMAX at something we went to. And then I think the, I think the story was that, like even us in the theater, we were like, I can't fucking understand him. Yeah. And then they went back and they re-edited the his dialogue. Yeah, dialogue. So that's, it was just too hard. It was hard to understand anyway, as it ended up. But it was, yeah. but it was audible. Like it, was it was better. Yeah, it was doable. It was notably better. Yeah. That's and they tough. even made the argument early on before they decided to go back. I mean, they even had made a statement. Someone had. I don't know if it was Nolan, basically saying, "You don't need to understand him." Like it. It's almost like a silent film where it doesn't matter. That's the and, worst. And yeah, I was sitting there like, "Why did you give him lines?" Then I mean. I, I never understood that that thing. Like like in uh, Batman and Robin, Bane doesn't talk. <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh, what a take on Bane. <laughs> what a take on Bane that was. It's the one thing they did right. Uh, I got to go back and watch that movie at some point. No, um, I tried. You're I, right. I tried. You're right. I'm I tried kidding. recently. It's real uh, bad. Really rough. Um, I just know. I have it on Blu-ray though. <laughs> well, in the opening segment where uh, ice skates literally come out of their boots, because we all know you run into that situation. Sometimes. And then they surf out of the air on like the fairings of the rocket or some bullshit like that. They're in a ro- They take off in a rocket with Arnold, and then and then they like take pieces off of it yeah. and like as if you could surf the air down Listen, and land. I don't know. It's late nineties, early two thousand, surfing was huge. Bond surfed. Bond served in in the greatest James Bond movie of if all time. If we keep referencing terrible day. movies on this podcast, <laughs> we're going to lose. People. Well, listen, no, 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 no. Listen, the podcast is called Movies and Shit. 
Sometimes you got to talk not about the sh- shitty movie. No, it, it's not <laughs> shitty movie. There's separate. There's an and in there. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> or an N. We're still working <laughs> on the formula. Um, so uh, this week, just to talk about a couple of things, uh, I or in the last uh, couple of weeks, I saw Pet Cemetery, the new one. Uh, nice. I also saw the old one for the first time. How do you compare with my nieces, the OG? Uh, a couple weeks ago. So my brother put it on. He was like, "Oh, you've never seen it? Let's let's watch that." And so all the kids gathered around. And we watched Pet Cemetery. Wow. And it was not. Um, it was not what I thought it was going to be. It it was enjoyable. I I put myself in the '80s, you know, mindset, and right. I was like, "Okay, I no, I get this. I get why this was huge. Yeah, or that yeah. it was popular. And for that um, time, for sure. It's uh, such a bummer that Tasha had to leave the Enterprise to go do this movie, <laughs> but. She was also um, in Cujo, wasn't she? Wasn't she the mom in Cujo? No, I never saw Cujo. She had either. a couple of uh, Stephen King. I've stayed away from like horror type shit in most of my life, but um, but I watched this and really, I I totally enjoyed the original. Right. Saw the new one and super fucking boring. Really? Yeah, man. I I'm mean, it's it's well acted. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. The, well, they had good the people. writing's fairly solid, uh, but it is fucking nothing happens in that movie. I don't know. That's Anyways, a drag. That's that's my take on it. But I mean, check it out at some point. But it's yeah. a, it's a big meh for me. Um, Us came out. Oh man, we talked about Lo- that a little loved bit. Off us. The pod. I, I liked loved Us better than Get Out. I, yep. I and I yep. was a fan of Get Out. I of just course. thought Us was just masterfully done. Yep. Um, the whole way through. I obviously don't want to get into any spoilers, but no. the, the end really took it over the top to me. But the whole thing, just envision the way it played out. Everything. I thought this is one of the great horror movies. Hundred percent agree. So, yeah, it was just visually was great. Huge, huge fan story acting. Every, everything was just so great. Yeah. Um, you said you didn't love Shazam. You liked it though. Thought it was fine. Yeah. Look, most of my superhero stuff again is just superhero fatigue. It, yeah. It's like I go yeah. in and I'm like, well, that was good. And then after I'm done, I'm kind of like, I, I do think this one was unique. I think this one was different. Yeah. In a lot of ways than other ones. Just the idea of a kid, for one thing, having this power and turning into the yeah. superhero is a little more wish fulfillment. It's a little more childish in a good way. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I, I thought, thought it was, it was crazy satisfying and really, really, really good. So highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, Seemed like it cost a lot more than $2,000 <laughs> for sure. Cause it looked great. Yeah. Know, so. Um, here's a weird one. Um, did you, have you seen or heard of high life? No, it's currently in theaters. It's playing at like landmark and some other places probably, but, um, it's from a French director mm-hmm. that, uh, I've never seen any of her other stuff. Right. But it stars Robert Pattinson and and some other people that I've oh, seen. Right but um, I I don't you know they're a little bit outside of my awareness. They're more art house French. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Background, um, but uh, it is getting insanely good reviews. Um, and I saw it and I thoroughly hated it, like with every <laughs> ounce of my being. This is <laughs> so I don't know. This is so funny. Maybe we're just not highbrow. Look, it's pretty. We're, we're it's Main pretty Street, rare. baby. We ain't Wall Street. We're you know, Main Street. It's true. And we paid two thousand dollars to I make go our to the movies. landmark a lot, especially when it was you know Movie Pass accessible. Yeah. and I would see yeah. every single movie that played there. Right. So I it's not did. like you haven't been exposed to high art. I, kind I, of I guess I just mean that. Um, I guess I just mean that there is such a disconnect with this movie between uh, critics and audiences yeah. that I don't feel bad about saying this. I don't feel like I missed something. I just, um, it's it's 
Oh, man, that's rough. Well, the more you described it, what's funny is I was going along with you because I didn't know where you were going, but the more you described it, I was like, I'm probably not going to like this. Actually, <laughs> and then you were no, like, I, I hated it. You, don't, like, ah. you didn't know. <laughs> Seems like I didn't I even tell like you what it it's too. about, though. It, the yeah. premise is that it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, uh, a group of uh, inmates uh, that are sent into a uh, spaceship lab that floats into the infinite space, uh, and they have tasks and things that they're doing and experiments, but wow. they're it's basically prison in space. Um, and wow. uh, when you see the trailer for it, you see some really beautiful imagery and you see some really interesting sci-fi stuff. And right. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board, of course. And then you see, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to. Well, you know, you, you all, told me French and Pattinson, and I was like, yeah, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe not. Julia, just Bruno, kidding. She's Love in the it. French. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's got some good talent, but it, uh, yeah, I just didn't connect with it. Yeah. Um, are you, uh, are you following any of the commentaries, the James Bonding commentaries? You know, that uh, they're putting out. I have uh, listened to parts of a couple of those. I haven't gone through the whole thing, but it's funny because they they just did the Living Daylights. I'm I'm yeah. seeing that. Yeah, and uh, and well, so the, uh, if you have the Stitcher Premium account then you get more right and so right. i highly recommend that that's only like 30 bucks for the year right i know figure that'll cover done all seasons but um uh it's funny that they just did living daylights because uh jess and i my girlfriend and i are going through all the bond movies and we're kind of bouncing around a little yeah. bit and we literally just watched living daylight so we just saw the first uh timothy dalton um and you rewatched it with the commentary, yeah? Yeah. So these three that I have here, Living Daylights, Live and Let Die, and GoldenEye, I just watched all right. with commentary. Right. And um I'd be more into the other two. Living Daylights, man, I'm not into that movie. Yeah. I really struggled. And the first time so I haven't seen that much I haven't seen it many times, but I remember right. the first time I saw it being uh really into it because I think I just thought it was it must be terrible. I've never seen it, so it must be terrible. Right. And I saw it as an adult, and I remember liking it originally. But watching it again, I was like, I really don't like this. Well, and that's the better of his two movies. Maybe it's considered the pe- better people one. People right? think that, but um, I don't know. He, he, okay, so here's what I'll say about it. Um, first of all, this, this is the first Timothy Dalton movie, and right. so it's two years after the last Roger Moore movie, and Roger Moore was just so old in A View to a Kill. I mean, he like right. great grandfather age, and he's betting these women and fighting people, and he can't even walk up the stairs yeah so so they needed to bring in somebody new but my take on living daylights is that is a roger moore movie they tried to play out the same formula a little hokey there's a little bit of a wink and a nod and timothy dalton is playing it more seriously and it never felt like the two things merged correctly to me that's how it felt so the one thing i'll say about uh the next movie license to kill which was the the second and final timothy dalton movie is However you feel about it, they went darker. It was kind of like Absolutely. a little more the way they do with Craig now. And I don't think audiences were really ready for it. But I really think it was in the wake of like the Rambos and the Schwarzenegger action stuff. And they were trying to go with the times. And they went a lot darker and they're fighting drug dealers and stuff. And to me, that one fits. That's a much better single piece. Whether you like it or not, it works. Right. Whereas Living Daylights is kind of all over the place and a little weird. Look, Bond, you want to talk about a sign of the times, Bond rides with the Taliban, you know, to yeah. take on the Russians. Right. So he's like, he's fighting alongside these terrorists. And at the end of the movie, the terrorists burst in to, to where they're having a concert. 
and they've got bullets strapped all over their chests. And How they did say, they get in there? Sorry, uh, my dear, airport we had a little security. trouble at the airport. <laughs> and I look at that now. When you watch that now, you cringe. I, I mean, it, it is. You can't watch it like that, though. Yeah. The, oh, I, the, I, I know. But, yeah. but I'm just saying, it, of course, at the time, there was nothing they were doing wrong. But post 9 11, you watch that and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the, how did this happen? Yep. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think Living Daylights was a, a, a pretty bad one. It's. Yeah. It's on the lower end of the twenty-four. This is uh, the yeah. I'm with you. I I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna watch all all these with the commentary as right. uh, as the guys uh, over at James Bonding release them. But um, but watching Live and Let Die, which is I think probably my favorite Bond movie, it's one of the best for um, sure. But uh, one thing that he goes through JFK in that movie, and it, it this is total side note. But did you know that that TWA terminal? Um, that's so famous now. He, I think he goes through it in Live and Let Die or you see it. Um, it's also very famous from like Catch Me If You Can. That's and one they used a lot for different movies. Exactly, but it closed a long time ago, like in the 80s or something like that. It is now opening in a few weeks as a hotel. Um, Whoa. And I want to stay there so bad. Yeah. I uh, just brought up a picture. It's this big, crazy building here in the middle. Um, that's cool. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Talk about like check, rebranding. Check it out, twahotel.com. But it's like right oh, in that the middle awesome. of JFK. Oh, I totally recognize this now. You know it from stuff, yeah. Looking at pictures here. Um, big and catch me if you can, but um, the beautiful rooms it looks like they have. Oh, they got a theater in there? All kinds of stuff, yeah. I don't know where they put it all. But, wonder, um, yeah, I wonder what it runs you. But like the this is what it looks like wow. inside. Oh, man. That's, and we've seen it in a few awesome. movies um, recently even as they've been kind of refurbing it, but everything you see there is original. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all what it's always looking Man, that is really, really cool, cool. right? Yeah. Anyways, TV, So TV now TV this is our third block. trip we've planned on this podcast. <laughs> we gotta go stay at the TV. We're going to the last blockbuster. I know that's happening. Yep, yep. That's um, right. We're going to New Zealand so Kelly can retrace all the steps of all the Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit films. <laughs> um, cross that off his bucket list. Um, so those are important. Yeah. Um, did you see, like, I know you saw it, but the Rush Hour Four. So yeah, I I don't know what to make of that. Chris Tucker and I heard Jackie it Chan on his birthday on on yeah. Chan's birthday posted uh, that it was going to happen. Rush Hour Four, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I guess time will tell uh, whether the I'd see it. Yeah, I'd be down with all the stuff we're getting. I didn't. In I didn't like on. the third one very much. Um, the second one I kind of can't picture, but I think it was okay. Yeah, uh, they're all kind know. of the same they're to me. Just, yeah. I'd rather revisit that now than, you know, you, they did them in quick succession, succession exactly, originally, yeah. and you're kind of like, okay, we've just seen this, but it might be right. fun to get back and uh, check out those characters at this point. Yeah, I might be down. Um, more interesting to me is the idea of Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah, which would be crazy. I can't even imagine <laughs> what that would look like with the, with the original actors at this point. I mean... I love Lethal Weapon. Love it. Uh, one of my favorite action series of all time. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. grew up with them. I mean, I fucking love them, man. They're they're the best. But awesome prop what, plane. That's awesome. It just sounds like a prop plane. It's north my northwest. I'm gonna keep that one in there. They're coming after us. <laughs> well, the thing with Lethal Weapon is you you start the first film with Murtaugh. I'm too old. Being We're too old for this shit, you really he was, do. He was forty playing a fifty year old, right? And he doesn't want to be saddled with a yeah. with a partner and all this other. Now stuff. he'll be ninety <laughs> playing 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm all for I'm all for sequels. I love Lethal Weapon two. You know, they they finally bring it back around in Lethal Weapon three. If you're familiar with the series, and he's retiring then, right? And Riggs talks him into staying, but it but at least it's like okay, yeah, he's felt too old for this. He's finally retiring. But then you come back, you know, years later for Lethal Weapon four, and he really looked old in that one. He was really old in that one. But they're yeah. not even talking about retirement. And at that point. Riggs is old. Like at that point, he's like, it's happening to me. I can't yeah. believe it, right? Yeah. It's happening to me. So they're bringing all these new young crops of people, but they're both pretty old. Well, that was 98. Oh my God, I know. It has I been- I remember seeing that in the theater. I really enjoyed it. 21 years 21 since years they were since broken down. They were too old. Oh, too too old <laughs> cops still fighting and kicking ass. And I loved Lethal Weapon 4. The whole jet, that was my introduction to Jet Li. Right. All, all right. that action stuff. It was funny. Very like good. all of them. Chris yeah. Rock came in, who was still pretty new at that point Absolutely. to a lot of America and was hilarious. Him playing off of Joe Pesci was great. It was a very entertaining movie and a nice way to go out. And the idea. Just after, thinking about Lethal Weapon 4. Oh my really God. <laughs> it, you know, now that they've done Lethal Weapon, the TV show. Yeah which I guess hasn't, it's stayed on, but I don't think it's been a huge hit or anything. And there's been controversy with the actors and all kinds of stuff. Right. Now to the idea of bringing back, bringing these guys, what's weirder? Lethal Weapon 5 with just these guys coming back in the hospital, basically, geriatric center, (laughs) or Die Hard 6, which is supposed to be a prequel and sequel with a young John McClane as well as Bruce Willis playing old. We've already seen that. It was called Looper. (laughs) Oh shit! I missed it. I didn't yeah, realize there was, that was a crossover. That's what that was. No, yeah, but yeah. which one of those is a is a stranger no, idea? Both bad. Don't do in a way either. to continue. I think Lethal Weapon is is worse uh, for sure. But this is the article that that made me write that down, which is that they're saying, um, you know, Joe Pesci coming back. That's crazy too. Yeah, he's like he's retired. Been done. Yeah. yeah, he said he was done. Um, the script is super solid. I heard. <laughs> I, that's my favorite Fuck part of that quote. Fuck. The script is super solid. Year. I heard. Doubt there will be overlap with TV. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking oh about. Oh, my God. The script is super solid. I haven't read it, but I heard that. It's, um, it's, it might shoot this year. This I don't is, know if there'll be a crossover. This is I'm really sorry, that's bad. Not, not, that's not a real article. <laughs> yeah, but somehow it is. Close that window. Oh, the internet. Anyways, uh, one thing I mentioned in previous episodes was seeing Quiz Show for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that guy's still alive. Oh, he died this shit. week. You killed him. <laughs> you cursed Kelly. I can't believe this. We just talked I'm about sorry, this on Charles. our last episode. And I was amazed that he was still he around. He died five days 93. ago. Yeah, he was Fuck. 93. Well, I'm glad we gave him one last shout out. Right, right. Shout right. out to Charles Van Doren. You know, mm. you were, what a run. 93. That's a so, hell of a run. Yeah. You, don't feel bad, Kelly. No, I, I it was don't. your fault. Until but. you said that, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wield such power. There's Okay, so <laughs> there's so many things to talk about. But um, what do you make of this, this, t- this Facebook post from this 2010? Is my thing. Yeah, I found this. This you popped up this in my memory, my memories on Facebook. And, uh, the, and of all the memories I've gotten on Facebook, which are mostly, you know, fun but kind of worthless, this one's the only one that I think has real value. You okay. posted to me nine years ago, I found out why Russell Case has Hispanic kids. I have the answer. And then you didn't write it down. This is, of course, in reference to Independence Day. Crazy Russell Case with his Hispanic kids. I just can only assume there's a cut scene where he had married a woman or was with a woman and she died and now he's left to raise them. Her name's Maria. So you actually went Um, back and found this? So here's here's the annoying part. This doesn't seem like something I would write. 
the the phrasing <laughs> of it doesn't seem how I would phrase such a thing. Yeah, it's uh, it it feels wrong to me. It fe- you're kind of you, teasing me when you sent it to me. I was like, I didn't write that. Yeah. That's not something well, I would say. Uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if that argument correct would hold up in or court. politically correct. I don't know if any. It's of also this is lower correct. case. I feel like you type. Uh, I generally with, don't do yeah, that. That's why I'm saying it. None of it made sense. It's all the eyes are all lower cased. Um, but the point is, did I hack you and send a message to myself? I feel like you did. <laughs> no way, dude. This is so weird. No way. Anyways, the answer is that um, like I, I there's obviously a reason I posted that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, we were clearly shooting the shit about Independence Day, and it came up. Why does he have Hispanic kids? Not that there's anything wrong but, with that, but, but they don't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge it. Well, oh, I think it all comes from the fact of of questioning. Uh, well, are they his kids? We don't really know. Like, are maybe they're adoptive? You know, right. we we don't know right. the backstory. Um, they seem to love him like he's their father, but he's also kind of a deadbeat, and so you don't yeah, really he's know. Not. You, you don't see a whole lot of familial, like, you know, closeness between The oldest brother is kind of raising the kids. Um, exactly. That's yeah. exactly the vibe. And it, it, it seems like he's kind of separate from them in a way. There's not a whole lot of closeness there. And so I think at some point we talked maybe about that and we... Yeah. But anyways, the on, <laughs> online it says that there's a... There's a woman named Maria that he married, had kids with, and she got sick and died. And that's, that's do, it. Do so. they say that there were scenes that they cut out of the movie with that? Or was no, this I just always find to it. be a scene? I couldn't. I, wow. I mean, I don't know. It's This whole thing's bizarre. God, I loved Independence Day when it came out. Yeah. Man, what a what a ride that was. Welcome to Earth. That was a fun trailer. <laughs> that is that is a good trailer. I mean... I don't think we had seen anything quite like that before. Yeah, it was new. It was very, very Just the new. destruction of, of the cities and the yeah. White House and everything to that level, and it looked so real. You, you know? know, that's Jesse's right. dad's favorite movie. Shout out to Roy. Nice. Valdez. Roy means king. A lot of people don't know that, but. Cool. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Your Highness. I, uh, I'm glad we solved this. We you know, didn't solve been, anything, been, and I think we're worse for having had this conversation. I've been wondering about Russell Case since Moving I saw that on. movie. Ninety six. <laughs> there's um, a there's a lot of good things. This is it. This is worth uh, stating. Uh, Vin Diesel is going to be in the Avatar sequels. What the fuck is going on? Listen, as if we didn't have another reason to question. Yeah, these, or need another reason I, to question these movies. They are. I've heard these are all underwater. Like four of them. I think that's right. Are just yeah. underwater Avatar movies right. now with Vin Diesel. Uh, I don't know. So, well, that would mean he shot all his stuff because they've shot all four. It's just going to be a ridiculous amount of posts. I don't. I don't what know. I heard they're, they're totally done with principal photography. I, I have. I have I read multiple okay. places that they are. They have shot Fair everything. Enough. I think it was Zoe Saldana that was actually talking about it. She okay. said everything is shot. It is going to be a long time. Fair enough. Before we get. I mean, it might not be a long time before we get the first one. I don't really know. Right. 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 But I know it'll be a long time. Before we get all, I mean, just the idea of four more of these movies all shot together. Uh, what if like one doesn't, I guess this is the chance you take now. And yeah. all we do is we're willing to take huge risk on brands people know and love already. Yeah. And no risk at all on anything else. But um, they're taking a big swing, man. Um, nice James Cameron though. So, and he's good, but God, four Avatar sequels with Vin Diesel. We'll see. I'm, I wonder if they'll talk about family now. I'm more. Uh, I'm more excited for uh, just the new Terminator, and uh, it it seems yeah. like uh, seems like it's going to be good. 
Right. I'm excited too. I'm mostly excited because uh, Linda Hamilton talked about how all the ones after Terminator yeah, 2 she sucked. Like, what she said, she said they <laughs> which sucked. Which I agree. Quote. Yeah. <laughs> she's been in the two good ones. I so love it. I love I'm it. excited about her coming back and uh, coming. I still don't understand why a robot would look so old, but fuck it. Because Let's, she doesn't, she doesn't, you know, she's not uh, present enough in our, in the entertainment business to give a shit. I guarantee she doesn't give a shit about yeah, anything. Yeah, definitely not. And so I think the point there is, yeah, if you don't give a shit and you're in this, you can just tell us. And I think she's telling us that this one's good, right? It is actually good, and the other ones are bad, and we knew that, right? Um, sure. But uh, even though I, I have some fun when I watch Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I do man, have some fun, some fun with that movie. In all honesty, I think there's fun moments. Well, I don't know if there are fun moments in all of them. Actually, I take that back. Yeah, I uh, I think the first two are all time classics. I think Terminator Two is one of the great sci fi and action movie crossovers ever. Right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, take it or leave it. I actually kind of enjoyed the Sarah Connor Chronicles on television. Yeah, people say it's um, good as much as I've that was as much as those are not anywhere close to on level of the first two. I still think they're far superior to any of the other movies they've made. So right, you know, they do something different and they're kind of fun. And weirdly enough, they've got one of the uh, Actresses from Game of Thrones, just as the last Terminator movie, Terminator Genesis, had, had another lady from the other Game lady, of Thrones. basically the yeah. other queen, the, the two, two queens, yeah, yeah. yeah, the one we're not rooting for, the one we are rooting for, the one with the dragons, know. the one know with all the dead about. kids. I'm rooting for the other. Oh my, my bad. I shouldn't <laughs> have uh, yeah. assumed your allegiances <laughs> were with the person that everyone else is. It's a Game, Game of, of Thrones. Patrick. Hey, two, two, the two women that are in incestuous relationships on Game of Thrones. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, are also in the Terminator yep. movies. So that might be a spoiler. I don't know depending on what you've seen at this point i'm not going to spoil episode one of season eight mainly because i haven't seen one is uh, one is decidedly more incestuous than the other though yeah i would argue that they yeah oh yeah with knowledge correct correct but if you if you're not caught up on a season that took place season seven like about a year ago at this point i don't feel too bad yeah it's like i could spoil six cents for you too it was like 500 days ago that's on you now yeah yeah um what tv are you uh are you getting caught up on anything uh, we're still doing the Orville. Yeah, which, you told uh, me that. That's I great. really, really love. Love it. Um, yeah, big, big fan of that. Um, that's really the only steady one we've been sure. following TV. You wise. haven't caught uh, Discovery uh, yet this season, no. which, or Twilight Zone, which is also no. on CBS and All Access. Have you watched Twilight Zone? Yeah. Because I actually heard bad things. Um, which you sucks. should check it out at some point. It's it's um the ones I've seen so far. Uh, I've actually only seen the first two. Now that I think about it, there have been three that have aired. Um. The first one was, eh, I don't know. I re- I enjoyed the second one. There, yeah. there's something there. Um, I was excited about it. I like the idea of it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's bad at all. I would say it's good, right? Um, and I think that over time it might get better, right? Um, or they might cancel it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, we'll see. I mean, it does kind of feel like uh, there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, I mean, any kind of X file X Filesy type yeah, vibe of yeah. the show, I'm on board. And especially when different episodes, you can it's different go anywhere. Time. I mean, exactly. You know, you got to get some good ones. In there. It's like Black Mirror. So yeah, anyway. well, cool. Um, I think the the one like public service announcement that I need to make is that um, Barry is a terrible TV show. 
Whoa. If you're, if Wait, you're, what? <laughs> if, <laughs> unpopular opinion. If you watch Barry and love it, we need to talk. Not in an aggressive way, but I really need to understand why you This think is so it's interesting good. because the, you just asked, what other TV are you watching? We just started Barry. So Jess and I are the, like two the, or three episodes of the in. First season? Yeah. So we're into it right now, but so, it's just started. I've only heard deal, good man. things. Um, right. I exactly. love Bill Hader. Like, I so love So everybody seemed to enjoy the first season. Um, I will not spoil anything, obviously. What happened for me was that I never really loved the first season, but I watched it all. Yeah. Stayed on, religious stayed about on board. it. Um, I gave them a chance. And then this new season just started. I got a few minutes in, or I got halfway through the first episode, and uh, never again. It it feels to me like a bad relationship that I didn't know I was in. Oh, and ooh. just getting some perspective, stepping away from it, and going, "This is not good. This is this is terrible." Listeners, uh, tweet and email us and Please tell do. Kelly why you now, agree I or en- hate him. I enjoy Bill Hader. I think that Henry Winkler won an Emmy for this show. Oh man, I think that's yeah. deserved. Winkler's great. Um, I think that Bill Hader has a lot of great qualities, and I and I do generally like him. But I think that the combination of everything in this show—the writing, the acting, the directing—I think is all pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, all Fair around. Enough. But I really do want—I mean, get caught up and then tell me. What yeah, I mean, think. I can't agree or disagree because I'm too early. But gotta, so far, I've really enjoyed it. So yeah. that's uh, well, cool. Right that's, on. That's uh, an interesting thing. Right on. Anyway, well, yep, fair enough. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Um, Kelly, I got a question for you is other than reindeer games, what's the best heist film How could ever not? made? So I've never seen reindeer games. What? Yeah. What the hell is going <laughs> on? Seen. Is that Ben Affleck? Oh my God. Yeah. It's I, ben Affleck. I, I vaguely am aware and of Charlie's it. Charlie's Theron. But I definitely never saw it. Oh man. Really? I'm it's just good. I, I'm, okay. I'm, <laughs> I was I was expecting Patrick, you to, I've seen every good movie. I don't know what you're talking about. I was expecting you to know that I was uh kind of bullshitting. But um, Oh, I didn't because I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't know. Is that was, a bad movie? <laughs> it's not considered great. Um okay, but cool. I'm glad, but glad we I think uh, in the in the pantheon of uh Ben Affleck movies, I think uh somewhere in the middle. Okay. Somewhere in the middle. There's there's fun stuff in it. Above it's Julie. bad. It's it's a bad movie. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Okay. Above above Jersey uh, Girl and above Well, this Girl. is a real roller coaster of emotion on Reindeer Games. I don't know what yeah. to believe now. Yeah. It really took when me I, get, full, I gotta see it. Full yeah, now I'm just yeah. curious. Um is <laughs> getting blah, 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 blah. you asked me what the best heist movie ever yeah, is. Yeah. Correct. Um I don't know. <laughs> No. I, I I would have. To think I think there's it. two ways you can go with this on heist movie. There's fun heist movie. There's Ocean's Eleven. I thoroughly enjoy Ocean's Eleven, and great. And that's I think it's probably my answer, just because even if it might not be technically the best or the most interesting heist, it's to me the most satisfying yeah. of I think w- what I have seen. Um, but well, there, name there, some other. There's ones. serious ones too. I don't know if people would consider like heat a heist movie okay you know where right, it's really right. there's a lot of different there's a couple bank robberies and there's this and that there's uh, a classic and this is a foreign film but there's a classic called rafifi that's considered one of the greats and right. that's pretty incredible there dude there's like a 20 minute segment in the middle of that movie where they're pulling off the heist where they have to do it in absolute silence and it actually is played out in silence cool. and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time yeah but most of those films the the big heist really does only take place in 10, 15 minutes of the movie and the rest of it is all lead up and and afterwards. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things that I love about Ocean's Eleven is like 
the entire time when you go back and kind of look at it is really all prep. Mm-hmm. For the, even when they're just in the warehouse building and talking, you can put they're it all building, together, yeah, the casino the elements, that they're yeah. going to use. So, uh, you know, the fake one. Yep. Um, so it's all it's all pretty brilliant. Um, but it's no reindeer games. Be sure to check out reindeer games. Everybody oh listening God. in, it's uh, it's something. I'll say that. You know, uh, you asked me the other day, what is the worst movie you've ever seen? <laughs> yep. And I don't know that I have answers, but I did jot something Hovering on down. the negative right now. And I wrote down The Happening is, yeah, is up pretty, there. Pretty bad, me. man. That was pretty bad. Um, I also wrote down Batman and Robin. As we've discussed, pretty which bad. Which is kind of fair. But I also wrote down a few that are considered bad movies by a lot of people <laughs> uh-huh. that are not bad movies uh, in the same vein. Like The Happening, I Ones don't think there's any enjoyed? redeeming quality to right. The Happening. Okay. I think right. it's just truly terrible. Right. Um, but you've got Last Action Hero in there. A lot of people don't understand that that's an amazing movie. A lot movie. of people hate that movie. It was uh, written by Shane Black, and it was directed by John McTiernan. So it's the writer of Lethal Weapon and the director of Die Hard. And it is such an amazingly good movie that it's weird to me. when I think people think of maybe the kid. He, he doesn't give an amazing performance. He gives, he gives the right performance, but I right. think people maybe hold it against the movie that there's this kind of annoying kid in it. Well, tone's a big thing, um, and I think the tone either works for you. Like, that movie relies on the tone being right, right? Yep. It's one of these movies where the, the movie world crosses into the real world, and you've right. got to either be in for the tongue-in-cheek parts of that or not. I don't think people are yeah. smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> what year did that come out? Uh, I want to say it was like 93 Yeah, 93, 94, yeah, something like that. Take, so, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like audiences want different things in different eras for sure. I mean, that's the other thing that's kind of weird. You've got, you've got nothing but trouble written down. That's so horrific. Good movie. God. Yeah, I don't know if I can quite bring that that's one not, into the That's good. not good as much as it's So bad, it's enjoyable it's, in a certain it's, way. It's banana. That movie is so bananas. And that's because Dan Aykroyd's a crazy person. I took I my girlfriend on a date to see that at the New Beverly, cool. and yeah. I've never been so frightened she was going to break up with me. That's uh, fair. And she stayed because through the whole you thing. Should not have done that. Oh yeah. Well, I had never seen it. What? But, uh, yeah, I had never seen it at that point, so, so I didn't even know. This so goes I'm, back for me to oh, childhood, and it is. <laughs> It is seared into If my, you haven't seen Nothing But Trouble, there's no way to describe it. You have to uh, see it. But I, we're looking and I'm saying, oh, look, a comedy night. And they've got Chevy Chase at his peak. And they've got uh, Demi Moore at her peak. Right. And they've got Dan Aykroyd. And they've, I mean, you, the list goes on and on. They had a bunch John, of people, huh? John Candy, was he? Yeah, yeah. John Candy's in and, it. And, and you're then just like, this has to be the- great. Digital Underground, you know, uh, the band, the the, the Tupac is in that movie. Yeah, and Tupac's Tupac in, raps in, in that movie. Yeah, that is digital, weird. And it's it rough. is one of the most rough. bizarre, not in a good way, kind of in an uncomfortable way. One of the most bizarre movies I've ever watched. It is a train. There's wreck. definitely some podcast episodes of people talking about. It. I forget if they did it on How Did This Get Made, but it seems like they did. But I yeah, no, they definitely did. There are two um, giant mutant babies in yeah. that movie that are all practical. It's like big suits they're wearing, mm-hmm. and they look like something out of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they are nightmare fuel. Yep. Like yep. <laughs> they wear diapers the whole time, and they're Dan Aykroyd's and, character has a literal dickhead on his nose yes the, the prosthetic it's of a penis his nose is the head of a penis yeah 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 it's, on there, it's unmistakable on purpose yeah. and, and he eats a hot dog and it just shakes and his nose shakes over it and it's it's all very phallic and Anyways. it's not funny i'm not sure what they no, thought there's there's very little you know a lot of gross out a lot of gross out stuff in there. and and honestly the ending is so 
kind of claustrophobically terrifying yeah. Yeah. that it can't even leave you with any good feeling yeah because you it, it, there's no respite to the the right the, the horror and you <laughs> they were going for some kind of dark comedy but it is not comedic Ooh. i mean it is just dark and weird it's very weird it's a weird movie um but yeah that's in my top five worst films ever cool right on sure so um you know the room is considered the, right. the best bad movie ever made and or the worst good movie ever made did you see um, troll 2 that's the other one they always throw in. No, so I don't there's know. There's a great document. Don't watch the movie. All right. Cool. Um, don't do it. Um, the Room is actually more enjoyable in a bad way than Troll 2 is. It's right. kind of harder to, it's just like, this is, okay, I hate this and this is bad. I get sure. it. Sure. But there's a documentary called Best Worst Movie. Okay. And that's about Troll 2. And oh. that's worth seeing. And it's actually kind of, kind of tugs at your heartstrings. I mean, what you realize is, like we know, no matter what a movie turns out to be, man, people have the best intentions yeah. in, in most cases, and they're working very hard. And even if it's ridiculous, they believe in their vision, and they really think it's going to be good. And maybe they're fools for it, but they really invest, and they put themselves in it. And some people can have a laugh at it now and enjoy looking back, but like the director and the writer and like one of the actors or actresses are clearly still very hurt. They're kind of half embracing it. It's the same as Tommy Wiseau, but they don't have the the character that he has. Like they don't have the ability to sort of, maybe Tommy still hates that no one likes his movie secretly and maybe he's like, they really don't get it or whatever, but he's also embracing it and moving forward. Yeah, This is more like, oh, here's these people that still have really bitter feelings about it. Right. But it's a fascinating documentary, best, worst movie, worth checking out for sure. Wow, so, that's wild. I've never even heard of that. Anyway. Um People put Con Air, you know, in a bad movie, I think, category, which that, yeah, that, that doesn't belong with just, these other ones. That's it's just a good movie. It's just um, over the top. It's yeah, not bad. It's just like Wild Wild West, which, you know, we've, yeah, thought, we've mentioned on this pod, podcast, yeah. but it's also, that that was essentially it's a fun movie bad. made for kids. For sure. Is how I look at for that sure. is that even though I don't think they realized it, but yeah. it, it's, its target audience is like a 10 or 12 year old, which is how old I was when that right. came out. And so it was perfect. And it, um, it's fun, bad. That, that's one of my my best friends, Grayson. Shout out to Grayson Parker. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of his favorite. Yeah. I mean, he knows people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he said, I've probably watched Wild Old West 100 times. No, and I have he too. He just loves it. I totally get that. Yeah, it's just so fun. And there's they, they obviously spent so much money on it. There's so much fun stuff in it. Um, but it is, it's weird. Right. I mean, you know. I don't. I don't think every anything will ever top. Part of this is when you see stuff, but for me, in terms of the worst film ever that I've seen, going to film school, you know, you watch a lot of experimental stuff, a lot of avant-garde stuff, a lot of foreign stuff, and I was not prepared for what a movie called The Color of Pomegranates was going to be. I don't know what that is. It, I think if I watched it now, as kind of annoying as it would be to me, I, I don't think it would have as deep an impact of me just being like, this is garbage. What are they doing? But coming from, you know, a mostly Hollywood, you know, three act structure, yeah. you can actually follow the movie. This was a movie that an artist made who, from my understanding, I'm trying to remember back like 15 years ago now in film school, but from my understanding, hadn't really made films. He had done a bunch of other stuff, painting, sculpting, all these other things, and then decided to make a movie. And basically he just made a movie where it's almost still shots completely one after the other that are held for maybe 20 or 30 seconds of his art. So essentially it's like he would recreate, if he did a painting of all these books that were open on a rooftop, mm -hmm. now he's filming actual books on a rooftop, but the wind's blowing the pages. So it gives them life. But you're just watching this with like 
I don't even want to call it a musical score. It's literally just like vocal. It's almost like a Far East vocals. Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, when they do their prayer kind mm-hmm. of things out into the open. La, 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 like chanting. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be real stereotypical yeah, yeah. now. But that's what's in the movie. And that carries on for like two and a half hours. Riveting. And I was furious. I was actually angry watching the movie. I was just like, what the fuck? And then every now and again the image or the painting with no real explanation will slightly move. Like if it's two people right towards the end of one take, they'll like move their hand. It's like, Oh, it was a moving image. And so it's in like, if you read up or you look at like great list of movies, it's on a lot of foreign lists for like best movies you have to see. It's on thousand and one movies you have to see before you die. Really? It's on that list. And I couldn't disagree more with, and everything about that movie. And I've right. seen, I mean, I've seen, again, avant-garde stuff, seen Daisies and all these movies that are just literally almost mm-hmm. impossible to follow, but, you know, Stalker and, and you know, things like Every that. Every once but, in a while, you just need to hate something. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> Color of Pomegranates, don't check it out. Um, it's just it. absolute garbage. That, That's cool. And, uh, and The Happening and Nothing But Trouble, I think, are definitely <laughs> good, good candidates. Good, Not Reindeer choice. Games. Check out Reindeer Games. That's uh, right alongside Con Air. Serious, so. Con Air and Reindeer <laughs> Games, baby. Great heist films. Also a great Christmas movie. Well, that's cool. Um, so today is April 15th. Uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, we should say that, uh, you know, do your taxes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's also the uh, anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. It sunk at about 2 a.m. on Rest April 15th, uh, 1912. So that's pour cool. one out. Another great James Cameron movie that took place in the water, and I hope we get four sequels, <laughs> and they all star Vin Diesel, and they all take place underwater. Oh man! Titanic. Speaking of that, uh, where oh. was I the other day that the abyss was on? Was I with you? Not with me. Know. No, not with me. Man, it's so good. Oh, I was at my sister's. Yeah, my my nieces hadn't seen. It. I was like, you should really watch the abyss. It's awesome. What's Those funny? Is, what's funny so about good. the abyss is the abyss is one of the ones that's kind of forgotten with Cameron. I think people remember Terminator no, and I Alien. Never it. You don't, but I don't think most people that would come to their mind very yeah, quickly. Yeah. I think they might even think True Lies before that. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about abyss though is that is if we're gonna track back James Cameron's history with water. Yep. that's, that's the first started. one where he really dives in and he's like, you know, from here on out. You know, from that, he goes to Titanic, mm-hmm. and then we move on to Avatar. I think, what did he do between, did he do anything between those? Well, Abyss was, what, like 89 or something yeah. like that, and then uh, True Lies. I guess he's got True Lies. He's got True Lies. Right, 94. And then he does Titanic. And he does Titanic, and then he does... Uh, I think from that, it's oh, straight well, on. In between Abyss and, and True Lies was Terminator. Um, Terminator 2, 2 right? Uh, Judgment Day. So basically, there. he jumps back in with Arnold for a little bit yeah. and crushes yep, yep, it. Yeah, yeah. I-, I love his genre films so much more than the stuff that. Yeah. I feel like the things that he takes so much pride in are the things I don't care. Like Titanic and Avatar, I'll, I'll never think of James Cameron for those. And I, sure. And it's weird that those are his biggest and most successful quote unquote movies. And I just think of him as like I just don't want him to get burnt out on Avatar. Make these movies, yeah. finish them, get it oh. out of your system. But I would love for him to come back and do another practical. I mean, Aliens and Terminator are like, and even yep. True Lies yep. are just yep. so yep. good. And the They're such good I mean, they, entertaining they, genre the, films. Uh, really, really amazing. Yeah, really amazing. That's that's pretty good. What do you yeah, what are your thoughts? Solid. I think we're good. Yeah, solid. Well, uh, to all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts or suggestions yeah. or comments, uh, feel free. We're totally open to everything. We love you guys. Um, sure. And if you have uh, any uh, corrections, that could be 
a, a huge ordeal. But if you have right. corrections, send them to us. Or if, uh, I don't know, if you have yeah. any thoughts, send them to us. Um, moviesandshit.com, M-O-V-I-E-S, N, the letter N, shit.com, has links to all of our social media and uh, and whatnot um, and our email address. Um, and uh, so. apologies to our listeners. We ran out of time again. We're going to get to the, the Amazon bench. Lord uh, of the Rings series next yeah. time for next sure. Time. So next keep time. tuning in. All right. Thanks, Love guys. You guys.